six pack lapidat. We got Natalie Richards returns. And uh, we're just, I was just about to ask you, but I wanted to ask you uh, while we're recording. So you must be knee deep in the prep for Sheffield. Oh, Sheffield around the corner. I hadn't looked, I hadn't looked at the schedule. <laughs> shit. Am I competing? <laughs> you know, oh, shit. shit. That You're is, right. <laughs> that's an exam you want to study for, but you can't crunch it all in one night. You're like, I got a lot of work to do in one week. You yeah. message. We got one week. Go. I don't know how the skate bias. I don't know how neither one of us came into contact until, but we got a week. What could we oh, do? Man. Oh man! And like, no, no biggie. I'm 65 kilos. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, but this is, we got some cleaning up to do. The cut. It's okay. The cut will do it. We'll water cut it. It'll be lightweight. It'll be fine. Yeah, a disaster. No. But uh, no, prep's been good so far. It's been, you know. It's been prep, some really, really good highs and some kind of lows, external factors like normal as is life. But as a whole, I'm really excited for this, just like I was for Worlds. So going in and training has always been just a really, really fun time. No matter if I'm hitting a new like PR or if I'm just training, whatever it is, I'm really, really excited to finally go to Sheffield. Is So, I mean, you're in the spin of a year, you've done a lot. And you've accomplished year. a lot. <laughs> it's been a good year. Yeah. Um, and you made a hell of a splash moving over into the IPF. And holy smokes, from Worlds, now about to be Sheffield, Worlds again, conceivably World Games. Like, there is so much on the table for you um, having come over here. Is this playing out like you thought it would play out? Or is just, I mean, we haven't even done Sheffield yet. But... If you could look back and calculate, be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Is this meeting expectations blown by it? Because you're a world champion now. Like, since winning worlds in the impact, and like, does it, is it like you thought it would be? Is it, uh, or does, what's your impression? Like, it is absolutely blown away, like, any goals, expectations I even had for 2023. Because, you know, like, 2022 was not the year. That was not the best year. So 2023 coming back was amazing. Not only, you know, what I did on the platform, but the implications off the platform, too, with, you know, mm -hmm. getting more exposure from my coaching side was really, really amazing. 2023 was great for that. And then setting me up for this year for Sheffield and then Worlds and then hopefully World Games if the opportunity arises. Like, I would have never believed that I'd be in this position with all that has happened this year. It's just been incredibly, incredibly amazing. And, I mean, you're doing this at a time when the sport is blowing up. Like, the the things that are, like, for, like, obviously Eurosport, but there's other avenues of opportunity that are going to be opening up in the future. And... You know, that it's looking very, very good on the IPF side, what's going to be happening in the near future. So your peaking and arrival at the world stage is perfect timing. And then you, as a coach, are going to, it's a great opportunity for you to grow a business. And you've probably seen the people's social media after Sheffield and the Sheffield effect, so to speak, that happens yeah. Hey, so, this is huge. Like any of his videos now, like I, it's like the first two minutes, it's just already blown, already trending. Like it's just a crazy oh. how big he's gotten and everyone else has too. I, I asked him, because some of it's like really well done. And I'm like, is this you? Did you hire somebody? And he's like, this is, 
this is all me, me and my brother. Yeah, they're they're like that. doubling up as a team. But <laughs> yeah. that's that's pretty crazy for him to. I mean, I don't know. Is this? Are you going to be doing more and more of that as well? Or would you hire somebody? Because there are times when I'll cut some reels um, of some podcasts. Other times, I'm just going to hire somebody. You know, I don't got time or whatever. And be like, can I get some reels going? Is this stuff that you've thought about getting a social media person? I know, just throwing more out there. I know Penna, who's m- yeah. murdering it. He has, he has like too. posts. With, <laughs> he's got like sixty thousand likes on some of his posts. He yeah. posts forty thousand likes. Like he po- and he hasn't done Sheffield yet. He he's done Worlds multiple times. And like the platform Worlds gives lifters is incredible. But if you use this. If you go in there, I don't know what budget-wise what you got, but if you can, and it's not a lot of money for someone to cut a couple of reels here and there. If you, you can my reels get... reels aren't quality. You told me I got to hire someone. This no. shade, Ryan. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> this, is like a, this is like when we did commentary all over again. What oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but, like, have you thought about moving it? Because I know Penn and them, they, like, Penn has got, like, a person. Russell's got a person. And you could do the Jesus route if you got time. But depending on, like, time-wise, maybe you already have a real person and you're thinking about it. But there's only so much time in a day. And as things grow, have you thought about, like, I should start developing a team around me so I don't spend hours doing certain things? That's true to an extent. So if you have a busy schedule, work schedule, there are some things that are just aren't a priority. So then it's like, okay, I'll outsource this to keep, you know, this side going when I can focus on bigger products I have ahead. So like maybe one day I would, but honestly, I like I, having my personality be on Instagram because it's literally just me. Like I just post whatever I kind of want to post and have fun with mm-hmm. it. But if I want to grow maybe a little bit differently, I might think about it. But for now I have fun doing what I want to do with the reels and the YouTube and stuff like that. So maybe eventually, cause uh, I'm not the best at editing. So how often do you post on Instagram? Well, now we're in meat prep. So I have to hide all my training. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not posting. <laughs> Just kidding. Do you, are you a meat? Are you a, you're a hider of your, of your like top end stuff? Yeah. Steve's going to yell at me after this podcast, but I haven't posted. Well, I posted my bench. I posted cause no one cares about bench, but I haven't really posted my squat or my deadlift recently. Just because, like, you know, got to be spooky going into meat prep. <laughs> <laughs> got to be secretive. So yeah. do, is there, do you, do you feel like it's a competitive edge or do you feel like it's just kind of, is it that or is it something else where you could be like, you know what, just for me, I feel more comfortable without so many eyeballs and people with expectations of numbers or how do you, why do you do it? Yeah, that's, I think uh, probably like two reasons. One, I think, I think literally like I joke about this all the time, but I think it was a competitive advantage leading into worlds because no one thought that I had anywhere close to what Jad was doing. So then when people made their attempt selections, I think they underestimated my jumps. So I think that was part of it. But then really, I just don't like to post that much because I like, you know, just having my training, not having that pressure. Because if I post a 500 pound deadlift, I know someone will comment, okay, 525 at Sheffield or whatever, whatever, and just ramping it up. So I don't really need that right now. So I just like to, you know, keep it to myself. That is for sure. What's going to happen. Yeah. You post (laughs) and like, when I see the 500 single, I'm reposting. And when I follow like you and whoever I'm looking for that, I'm looking for, give me the 
because I, you know, it's it's my job to do it, but like I will repost the 500 single and be like, what is she going to do at Sheffield? And I'll pose the question, but that's like sports debate. Okay. Right? It, Maybe for you, I'll post one single then. Maybe I'll post one. Really? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just for would funsies. You, <laughs> would you do this? Because I know SBD would love this too, like, because it helps hype Sheffield, right? Um, would you post it? And do you want to go collab on it? Okay, we can do that. We can collab on it. That's who gonna am I blow becoming, Ryan? Who are who it, are you making me become? <laughs> it, it's, you're not gonna like it. Gonna, <laughs> it's it's all about social media now. You've given it to the social media monster. But um, yeah, it'll uh, we could blow it up and 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 have. A, I mean, we do. We got an event to hype up a little bit. A little bit of hype isn't too bad. And you'll probably have more in the tank. You're a tough one to gauge. When yeah, I'm everything either looks really, really slow or it's flying. It's either one. <laughs> it's it's very difficult. Like, uh, and you're right about worlds when you post that up. I knew you're gonna do well though, because you'd already done over 500. So we had ideas, but it looked like you had room in the tank. It looked like this wasn't. Although, I think we were talking, and I think you told me you're like I wasn't wasn't too emotional i stayed in the zone whatever and then when i because i'm in the commentary booth off to the side right so i'm like i can't see you waiting in the wings i'm actually further back than you guys when oh you're God, waiting what in the did wings. you see <laughs> on that two white lights video oh you were full-on misty and i'm like remember i said natalie you said you were you're you were like nah i got a little dust in my eye there's chalk flying yeah, around there's just something allergic. flying in my eye <laughs> <laughs> chalk was flying around so what was what was it actually like? What was it like? What was actually going on? Like okay, the the deadlifts I do get like crazy hype because it's the last of the meet. I don't let my energy come down. I'm ramping up because this is like literally pushing for the win. So I just let all the emotions go, and obviously like some chalk will fly in my eye when I'm warming up and whatever. So yeah, <laughs> so, like I look sure. crazy. I'm sure I look literally insane because I'm just like breathing hard, crying, about to go out on the platform. And that just gets me like hype and ramped up. Like, it's wild because yeah. um, <laughs> like, do you, it, it's interesting. Okay. So I didn't even know this till after the, but I love this kind of thing. So what do you think about to take yourself into that place? Well, I always, always listen to music like the entire time because I don't like to see or hear what's going on with everyone. Like, I don't care. So I always get whatever playlist I'm bumping to going into training, I'll listen to on meet day. So I just listen to that. And I just literally think like, pull it, just do it. Like you got this, you can, you know, some positive self-talk and just get really, really amped up. And then when I get out there, I just do my thing and take my time and don't really cue anything or think about anything else except just do the, do the lift. It's not and a lot going on. <laughs> when you're listening to that music, though, are are you thinking about any people in your life, any events in your life, people back home, people watching, people there, or like, are you thinking about? What, what, are you thinking anything like that? Not when I'm about to go on the platform because I feel like that would make me sad. Like thinking about like all the people watching me <laughs> would make me like a different type of emotional. I just, I mean, I think about all that leading up to the meet because my friends and my like gym family are so awesome like going into worlds they wrote me like a card to take with me and some words of advice and they always watch you know uh back home so i know i have the support so when i'm just like going out waiting to step on the platform i'm just thinking about like myself thinking about my training about how i'm like strong and just 
getting really, really either like mad or really hyped to go out. Because it is like a superpower. Like I've told people, you could take whatever pre-workout you want. There is no such yeah. thing as a pre-workout like adrenaline. I literally get, like, I take pre-workout and training, but on meet days, I get so amped up, like, waiting. I don't, I forget to take pre-workout. I don't think I have for the last, like, two meets because <laughs> I'm already so ready to go. I don't even, like, remember to take it. it. Adrenaline literally is the reason why prey that should never be able to outrun a predator can, a deer can outrun whatever, jump right. over fences, do whatever it needs to once adrenaline hits you. If you could bring that adrenaline in, um, it's... and you can't let it drop either. A lot of people well, let it drop <laughs> on, on or, like bench press. People don't care <laughs> or, or yeah, you only have so much in the day. Like for yeah. instance, look at if it's opening bench, I look off on the sidelines and that's how you are. Oh God. I, I mean, if I could, <laughs> if you picture, have you seen that white lights video? Oh yeah, I have. <laughs> it is so weird on your face and you are clearly like, it is yeah. like you are a full on emotional i can't believe that's you were only on last this deadlift that's that's you, only last deadlift all last this the podcast be like nah i was cool little cucumber man i was just chilling and then i saw that video and she lied that i know she did lie super duper <laughs> not chill but you were but you're right in terms of managing the ebb and flow yeah you have to chill because if you come out balls to the wall way too hard you're gonna yeah. crash really really early like it depends on the person too because some people don't even get hype and they find it better to be really really calm when they approach the barbell but i like to you know take openers and seconds you know some hype and then bring it on the third so that way i'm not killing myself with every attempt so i can pace the meat appropriately is that why you like the big jump on the third like that's what you're gonna get hype for I don't even necessarily think I do that big of jumps on, on thirds, except for the final deadlift. That's when I really do get hyped though. Cause I have to, <laughs> okay. but right. for like squat and bench, I feel like I'm usually pretty consistent. Cause I don't like to take huge jumps, especially on bench. And looking at worlds. So there was that controversy with Jad in terms of like, I don't even know full on exactly what happened. Oh, on I talk about the, the weight French selection. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they put in enough to come in second if she hit it. And then there's like, did she, did, someone was saying that she might have been told before she went out there, which is a disaster. But they might have been prepping themselves as, oh, hey, I don't want you coming back if you hit that, thinking you just won the world championships. And then I tell you, it's, it's, it's the worst case. It is the worst case scenario. It's like, do yeah. I tell her before she goes and pulls? Which will probably take all the win out of sales where she's like, I'm about to pull for the worlds. And then someone leans in and be like, it's already over. You already lost. This means nothing. Yeah. Go get them. And or, Stop. or you're like, that's terrible. And I, <laughs> oh, think, God. I think I hear say that's what happened. Or are you like, let her go out there 50 50. If she hits it, my God, I got to pull her side immediately. Like she could be crying on the platform, doing like a holy Ababa moment, crying fake in the French team, thanking everybody. And it's the most awkward because everyone in the crowd is like, oh. and she's like, thank you. Thank you. Then you got to be the guy on the sidelines being like, holy fuck. Now I got to tell her. Yeah. You got to be that guy. <laughs> like you can't mess I'm with an athlete's mental like that. Like you just got to let them do their thing. And then sorry, if you fucked up, you messed up. You got to tell them. Or do you tell them beforehand so that it, that can't happen? 
but you're totally fucking up the last poll, but you already fucked up the last poll. Yeah, you already messed it up. Let him go out there with a good mind and then tell him after. That's on you. Like, just, oh, you have to own damn it. that. I, honestly, <laughs> Let I don't the athlete think so. just have some joy. Like, don't mess, don't mess with them. I don't know. Okay. Well, okay. So now we're going to run it back. Now, now we're going to we're going head to head at Sheffield. Do you see this as an opportunity? Because this is this is in terms of storylines, the rivalry between France and US and the women's side is phenomenal. And now we have what happened at Worlds, and it's kind of like, is this an opportunity for you? Do you look at it like we're gonna put the nail on the coffin here and make a final statement? And there will be no controversy this time. This is this is it. We both know what's coming down the pipeline now. Nobody's fumbling the bag with no final last deadlifts. I don't want to hear it. Like, is this, or do you feel like it doesn't, or how are you approaching it? Are you approaching it like that at all? So I actually just had this conversation, um, like last week with my coach when we were talking about goals and expectations for Sheffield. Uh, and honestly, like, I don't think, who, like, whatever happens at Sheffield, the lineup, I know it's going to be crazy. I don't think it would be the nail in the coffin if I won or if she won, because in what, three months, we're going to go head to head at Worlds again. And it's going to be close because we're both neck and neck every single meet. So I think it's going to be a really good competition until one of us can pull away, like comfortably pull away. I don't think it's going to end for a long time. And hopefully it will be a really good kind of battle and motivation for both of us. So, and I 100% agree. I don't think it'll be a nail in the coffin. I think she's capable of 520. I think you're capable of like 520 or God knows what. Um, I think both you guys are, and you're both like early to mid 20s. So you guys are right in your prime and going to be in your prime for the conceivable future. I 100% agree. This is going to be a rivalry for a while to come, unless somebody switches weight classes or what have you. Right. Um, but do you find it as an opportunity though, to then to maybe be like, all right, we, we both came here from worlds. You win this. You're like, that's, that's how I, I got the upper hand now. And there can be no discussion. Is this, is this a way of closing the door on that discussion? At least do you think? It will. I think it'll spark controversy either way, though, because there's always going to be someone will say, oh, well, it was the Sheffield. It's different structure than Worlds. It's just wait three months. So you'll see. I don't think it'll be, you know, like an end of discussion either way, just because there's always going to be controversy in it. So I don't know. I think it'll be really, really fun, though, because I wanted to go into Sheffield as a 57 because I want to prove that I am the best 57 in the world, like hopefully of all time. Um, I'm not going to shave my head and cut down to 52. Like <laughs> that would be too much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a really good battle. Do you think you could do that? Like at Sheffield with the numbers, winning the title, um, obviously Jad is quality opposition. Nobody can ask about the opposition you face best in the world. Do you think Sheffield is possibly your moment to solidify yourself as the best 57 of all time? Uh, definitely. Like, even if you like, what's crazy is that hypothetically, if I broke the world record for the 57s and I totaled something really, really cool and got a really like the highest good lift points of all time, IPF points, I could still not get top three just based on what everyone else is doing. So I think that either way, if I go in and have a really good meet, either way, I'm going to be in the discussion for one of the best 57s. So it's just crazy how Sheffield is lined up because you can literally amazing in your weight class, but still not be as amazing as like Sonita or someone else who's just killing the game. So it's cool. It's been crazy. Um, and then and, and so at world worlds is a little different now that Sheffield's around. Some people 
are going to hold back on their final deadlift. Evie Corrigan, Sheffield Champ, yeah. and, and Leah Babel, two heavy hitters. Yep. Both of those ladies are coming to Sheffield. So obviously you won best lifter at Worlds, and your you didn't have that privilege because you had Jad, so you had to extend that world record. And um they didn't have a Jad Jack up in their in their competition with due respect to the competition they face. Great competition, but Jad is something else, right? It's yeah. a special, special talent that you had. But at Sheffield, nobody's holding back. Everybody's going all in. And whether or not you extend the record beyond, you know, because it's a percentage of record, there is still good lift points. There is still a possibility of looking back and be like, okay, let's size it up. There's there's different various metrics. If we use good lift points, if we use dots, if we use, is this an opportunity for you to be like, all right, is everybody going on all in here? Let me establish myself pound for pound. Is this a possibility to establish yourself as the queen of powerlifting? Yeah, I think I think for sure. I think that even if I had a crazy performance, though, whoever wins number one for the women's side is going to be the best lifter of not only the year, but probably in the debate for best of all time, too. Like, there's no way with the competition how it's stacked this year that all eyes are going to be on who gets the top three, I think. It's, it's yeah, for sure. I mean, it's difficult to look past who's on the podium. Yeah. For, yeah. It's just, it's a, uh, it's just the way the deck gets shuffled. You know, different people have different routes, um, but it's all super entertaining. And I'm glad Jad's back there and it's going to be entertaining right to the very last bit. Uh, you had mentioned whoever wins the podium, probably going to be lifter of the year. Who did you think were the lifters of the year of 2023? Oh, Okay. So looking at the IPF side, we have Jesus. I think he had a great year. And then remind me, um, is it Carl yeah. in the 74s? Carl in the 74s, phenomenal year. Um, Perk, obviously, in the 75s. Right. Uh, one USAPL, 851. And then we have our friend Rondell, who right. was a guest lifter. He waited under one. To- I hate that he had to be a guest lifter. Let's see what can happen. Yeah. Miracles can happen. I put in a Christmas wish list of that miracle, Christmas miracle. Do you believe in miracles, Nat? I believe because- in Santa. Santa can grant Christmas miracles. <laughs> <laughs> because I put in that wish list and let's see what happens. But um, Rondell, obviously, obli- he did to the 120s what Taylor Atwood did to the 74s back in 2021. Yeah. He did, like, it was phenomenal. So when I look at the best lifters, uh, to me, I'm looking at those individuals. And um, you and can't if, leave out uh, Alexis Jones if we're well, that's referencing a, that's on USAPL. The, <laughs> right. And that, that was just the men's side. And I would throw yeah. on John Hack in the untested. And, oh, um, yes. But that, that was just the men's side. On the women's side, um, 100%, Alexis Jones had the – so what Jesus did, biggest tested and untested, whether you're tested or untested, yeah. you had the biggest total. Alexis Jones did the same on the women's side. Yeah. Phenomenal. Which is insane. Crazy. She needs more hype. If she comes to IPF, though, she will get the hype she deserves. Oh. I just don't think she got that from the other federation, honestly. It, I mean, there's no question. If she was, <laughs> if she was went the IPF route, she would have already been on Eurosport with millions of people watching Eurosport live, not just the highlight. So Eurosport's offering certain sessions get like a, a 30 minute highlight package or 40 minute highlights 
But when you look at them, you know those white lights YouTube videos that are highly packages? Yeah, That's what yeah. it looks like with millions of people watching on Eurosport. So it looks killer. So cool. Even the highly yeah. package, it looks cool as shit. Um, it's similar to the, the nice. white lights version. But the 84 pluses this year was live on yeah. Eurosport with millions of people watching. And then the winner goes to Sheffield. If Alexis Jones had done that at, at Worlds, I think everybody, that would be that. And, and that was the greatest field of 84 pluses we'd ever seen in sport. Oh, yeah. That was an amazing session to watch. That was mm. awesome. It was crazy. Every lift. <laughs> Something was happening. Yeah, it was really, really cool. It's um, I mean, she's coming now. She's young. It's not like it all opportunity. Yeah, it, I mean, like she literally has a thousand years. <laughs> thousand years, literally. Yeah. A thousand years. <laughs> but um, I'm sure she was watching like I was there right now. Everybody be talking about it. Uh, but yes, to your yeah. point, Alexis has to be in that conversation because she's the strongest total men, un or sorry, tested or untested. Um, and on the women's side as well, you okay. have uh, yourself, Evie, yeah. Alexis, Corolla Gara, if you want to still follow Dots and yeah. this is a conversation. I don't know she if people are going to so, follow. Yeah, she was so close to the best lifter too. Yeah. With GL points, super close. With Dots, highest i think she's the first to go 600 um the highest of anybody like it it this is the problem with formulas depending on what formula you use i know use, yeah that's I know. why chef that's why sheffield i do like that sheffield's like okay we're not using formulas because you'll always have that caveat where we're just saying how far do you extend what anybody's ever seen before yeah um and in worlds is just straight kilos i think just. uh Agatha had a really good year too, I'd say. And she's now shuffling the deck by cutting down a weight class too, right? Everybody shuffles. Everyone's shuffling. Need everyone to stop. <laughs> everyone <laughs> calm down, please. Everyone <laughs> calm the fuck. Unless Jack Jacob, you consider 52. You yeah. Consider <laughs> hey, just sure. consider it. How are you doing? You know, <laughs> how are you doing? Um, but... Yeah, it's weird. I kind of like that. I mean, it's only two years deep, but I do like that Sheffield has become an event where expect the unexpected. Major yeah. announcements. Oh, I like that. It's kind of fun, too. And, like, you could even look at, you know, weight classes up and see, like, can I grow and just knock this total, which is slightly easier to hit than the one in my class, or I want to go down. About it's kind of cool. Exactly, yeah. It's really, really cool. I, I also was poking at our boy Gavin who's a 93 and literally as thick as the house you're in right now. Okay. Yeah. If, if you're, <laughs> if he's outside, he's <laughs> yeah. If he's outside your house, it looks like him and a buddy are posing for a picture. That's how they're, it's equal pairing side by side. He's, he's huge. And, um, he's flirted with the idea of dropping 83. And can you imagine? That's a big cut. It's, but Gavin's a big boy. That's true. You have to plan that I'm, out though. You got to plan sure. it a long, long time. <laughs> Super duper long. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, immediately after Sheffield. And yeah. if he, and I think he wants to, he's got some untamed horses in 93, so to speak. Like he's got to put those roosters to rest. I don't know what the, I'm messing that up. Good expression. <laughs> put the roosters to rest. Okay. <laughs> Fuck was that? <laughs> 
Friday night's hitting hard right now. <laughs> Friday night's hitting hard. <laughs> You're like, Ryan, did you have edibles before you came on this one? What is going on? Just hang on. We started at 630. Just relax. God. Wait until you could wait till eight. But um, but anyways, I think he's he's trying to tame those wild horses. 93. I'll go back to that okay. one. And um, and just be able to be at peace before he leaves the weight yeah, class. Yeah. He wants to be like, I've done all I could in whatever. So that's what he was saying. However, he's got, he could cut. He would be absolutely crazy diced. He would look like Russell Orhe. Yeah. Because him and Russ, him and Russ are like the same height, same build. Gavin's extremely mm. muscular, but he could end up looking like Russ. And can you imagine? Because they're both big on social media, very charismatic, great talkers, love the hype. When they're in front of a crowd, they will both hype the hell of it. And I threw this out there when they're both on the podcast for the holiday special, fellas. What if both of you went toe to toe at Sheffield as 83s? I was about to say, is that are they the two? Like, isn't there anyone else at their level in the 83s? Um, well, certainly Delaney Wallace is going to be at this Sheffield. He right. was an inch away from taking Russ's world record last Sheffield. And That's if Delaney's right. 100%, I don't know if he's literally an inch. Like, I was Delaney showed the video at SPD actually videoed him watching that last deadlift and like watch this last deadlift for us and let me get your impression and he's watching he had to relive that moment right and it showed the audio and i was about to say i would go oh my god he's done i was about to say he's done it <laughs> and like an inch right here and he misses and it goes down and i'm like oh that's russell or he's right um yeah that'd be really but, really cool that'd be a great battle That'd be a great battle to see. Yeah. If 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 Gavin went down to 83, oh my God. And then you also have Nat. Think about this. Gavin and Delaney are like tight. The boys. Yeah. Every time we hang out, we all hang out. Like we're we're they were roommates. And like oh, uh, really? it was like a oh they were like at least they, they were roommates of worlds, I mean. Sorry, not roommates okay. in real life. But you know what? For the sake of the for the sake of the Sheffield, let's say they were roommates, Nat. We can bend the truth a little bit. Okay, we, you know, two weeks, two weeks, two years, don't get lost in the details. Um, but they were roommates and it was adorable hearing them at breakfast, bickering about like, this guy's got the freaking heat on blast. And he's like, I said it too. You said it too. You said you, and they're going back and forth, but they'll Aww. be lifting weights. They'll be like lifting weights, spotting each other, taking pictures with their shirt offs like bros, but then they're fighting about the temperature and like who's That's getting sweet. what bill or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. It's adorable. Um, so they're, and if they had to face off as well, so you have so many great angles between Gavin and Russ who are like very similar build, very similar total. And the whole nine Delaney in there, Gavin and Delaney are friends. Delaney and Russ have the same coach. There's a lot of angles here that make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of like it when people go head to head and they are friends because it makes it more interesting online because they're more open to smack talking because they're you know they're, they're friends mm. so they're gonna make things more dicey so i'd be down for that that'd be really cool to watch it is that is true because you're um like i do it even as just a king of lifts because i know like this person knows that it's not like i'm not taking jabs yeah. coming from an honest <laughs> genuine place it's not let's be yeah. easy here <laughs> it's not no yeah. one's gonna be in your dms like you fucking guy you what do you mean it's like easy 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 you probably get like a thousand comments today like why have you not reposted my 315 bench oh. come on <laughs> i bet you get now, that all the time i got people in my dms being like what have i ever done 
Yeah, what have I done to you, Ryan? (laughs) Take it easy. It is not that. I promise you. I promise you we eat that. Um, Yeah, or like, why are you ignoring me? Like, if you go into the message requests, there'll be people. That's a scary place. Don't go in there. (laughs) It's a scary place. And um, and some people don't necessarily know what the rest of the world is doing. They're like stuck on the island of their jam, their buddies. And some people could be like straight up in the untested 24 hour way in noodle bar. And they're like, I'm like, my friend, you wouldn't win in the IPF, let alone you're in the untested. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're not where you think you are. How I, how has things gone differently? Since... I don't know. Say that. You should, I just don't you say that. Can you imagine? That'd be so funny, though. You're not what you think you I would never, yeah. I would never do that. That's too yeah, much. Yeah, you're too nice. <laughs> God, I could deflate. I've had people be like, just be honest. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that to these people. Yeah, it's, it's too it's nice. Tough. It's too tough. It's yeah. too tough. Um, but okay, first let's get women's lifter of the year. Then I'll ask you about. Um, yeah, we'll move on from there. But what okay. are you thinking? So we threw out, and unless there's anyone else, I'm not thinking of. And for everyone listening, this is off the cuff. If she's forgetting someone, whatever, she can change her pick three weeks from now. No one but, come after me is what you're saying. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> You'd be, you. be like, here it is. You, that this is what you got to do. Here it is. This is gonna make it nice and easy. It's fucking me. Huh? Okay. So yeah, come yeah, after yeah. me then. <laughs> now you could come after me, bitches. Now you start I'm like, holy shit. Now. Yeah, now Ryan's causing people to come after me. <laughs> I'd be like, that's a sound bite. And that's gonna be that's that's yeah. the collab sound bite I want on her account. Okay, to be a professional here, I would okay. pick Alexis Jones because she did something no woman has ever done, just lifting mm-hmm. the heaviest ass weight. Unprofessionally, I'm gonna pick myself because I proved my worth on the national and world stage for 2023. Mm. Honorable mention Evie though, because that was just also an insane performance that no one expected ever. Like people ranked her for 12th and she literally won. So mm. those are my three picks. Evie was my upset of the year. Yes. All you guys like, like no, you're right. No one's yet. She was 12th out of 12 and she ended up first in the biggest meat and powerlifting history. All you guys Anybody says any of you guys is the best lifter of the year, it can be right. Who's kidding who? You could argue any of those. I was going to say, um, Corolla had a really good year, too. <laughs> I kind of want to throw that, her sorry? in. Corolla had a really good year, too. Like, I want to throw her in the mix, but I can't. <laughs> I got to stop. crazy? It was <laughs> yeah. like re- Return of the Queen. Because for a minute, we, everyone, including myself, like, got so high on Leah. And I'm still crazy high on Leah. But it almost was like, at this point, Leah's got such a spread on everyone else. You know, I don't see any, like, it's going to be Leah. And then Corolla showed up at Worlds like, you guys must have forgot who I am. Yeah. Like, I am her. She's been around lifting constantly. Like, if you follow her training, you could have slightly, you know, predicted this. But I feel like a lot of people just like, oh, like, in in the tunnel vision of seeing, you know, Leah. Or Lee casts a big shadow. Like she's yeah, so she like, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's tough and she's dynamic and like the whole, and um, also very interesting. Gara switched from sumo to convention. That's right. Yeah. You don't yeah. see that very often in one world's like that. Uh, yeah. That was like, uh, was she injured? And did she come out That's and right. say why she switched? I thought that was right. Yeah. yeah. Injury. She just had an injury. Yeah. yeah I wonder what so, she's going to do at Sheffield though. <laughs> I know this is it. So it's a good question. It, I afterwards, so I she came on the podcast and yeah, it was totally injury 
provoked to switch from sumo to conventional. And in doing so, I mean, she murdered it. Broke a world record. Now everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is as close as it gets. And then she was, I, I was asking her, like, is your conventional now better than your sumo? How does this work? And she's like, no, I think sumo would still be stronger. So to your point, if the injury's passed, and she's like, do you like the total I put up at Worlds? Wait till I go back to sumo. Yeah, I was about to say, can she add all of a sudden like 30 more kilos, you know, if she feels stronger on sumo or she's used this time to grow her conventional. Either way, she's probably going to do something really, really strong. She's a switch hitter. Yeah. Which is like, depending on, at least she has that now because certain people you get injured and you're just, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's really, really tough. Yeah. You don't don't want to see me pull conventional. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you don't want to see me pull sumo. It (laughs) is ridiculous. Um, so do what do you think is going to happen with dots? Oh. Because you know what I mean? Like the untested uses dots and dots was, it was favorable. I think a lot of people popularity wise, people enjoyed it. I don't, I don't, I'm not a statistician to be like, this is better than that. Whatever mm-hmm. you ask guys like Pete and Pete will tell you like, it's all garbage, man. Like what do what we, what do we right. do? But in to a large extent, don't get me wrong. I prefer titles. I prefer, you know, right. breaking records and whatever. That's why I like Sheffield. That's why I like Worlds. But what's going to happen now? USCPL's not even using dots. I was about to say, there's like so many different avenues we could take this because honestly, this might be like kind of a hot take. Um, I was listening to another podcast. They were talking about this, but untested lifting is not popular like it was like untested used to have like this crazy money pools. Like obviously there's John Hack. You're still going to have big, flamboyant meets but it's not like tested powerlifting now where you have crazy world championships you have the sheffield sheffield is pretty much the trump card and then you also have usipl pro series things like that but they're all using different formulas so if, if we're looking to base dots off the untested side i don't think that's really going to last long because i don't think that that's going to grow like the tested side is so i think what's going to come down to it, it doesn't matter the coefficient really is going to be, I think, the titles and the meets that you do. So comparing like ranks across the board, you can say, okay, Austin Perkins, he's a national champion. Can you compare him to Jesus, who is a Sheffield champion? And I think like that's going to be kind of the comparison. But I mean, IPF points are always going to be here, right? Like they're not going to get rid of them. Is that going to be this is it. the new well, formula? Like, I- <laughs> I, I, because USAPL, like, first off, USAPL doing their own formulas. I said the USAPL PP points, like, what do they call them? (laughs) Do you know? Is it really PP? I don't know. It's something silly. Sounds like a child needs to go to the washroom. Like, what are we doing here? (laughs) I don't, I I won't look it up. I don't know. Someone correct me in the comments. I'm sure they will. (laughs) the, The thing is, if you're doing, if you got your own federation, and you already have different weight classes that people can't relate to. Now you have your own. It isolates no the sport to. from comparability because you have Perk in the 75s. You have Taylor uh, and Carl in the 74s. Is that kilo going to make a difference? There's little rooms of debate where I just don't think the separation's good for the sport of powerlifting. If we can all just have some sort of unison and be together and just lift. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. People around the world, like when I ask people, um, do you watch the sport? Like most people will watch the sport if it's their weight class or weight class up or down. It's very yeah. relatable. Yeah. If you're a federation and you're like, let's do weight classes that nobody else has. 
that's a great way to shut off the rest of the world from watching is what that happened. And guess your views would suggest that's what happened. The world stopped watching. They were like, I I don't, I'm not going to see you at worlds. You're going to stop there at your nationals. And I don't see my, my weight class represented at your nationals. And it's just not relatable. And you're using a different formula for your pro series. And we don't use that formula. I don't know what's good. Like literally we, we, it's hard for us to picture us because we're in North yeah. America, but there are people in Europe who are like, who only do IPF points who are like, I don't know. Is that good though? That dot? Yeah. What is a I dot like is- on the scale? Like how can I compare that to? Yeah. That's a, that's a super good point from a viewer spectatorship. Like would my mom know what a dots formula is? No. She knows how much weight I'm lifting though. And in, Good point on that. First off, you do a whole pro series based off a of formula based. You're only going to get powerlifters to watch and it'll never grow bigger than spectator sports wise. Like I don't, I don't mean like, I mean, gym goers who, yeah, are, like into who are invested. Yeah. Right. Cause I got guys in my gym who are not powerlifters. They know all about the powerlifters. So you can get gym goers who do SPD, but on top of that, like Carol Lagara didn't even know she had the highest dots until like she heard the podcast. And yeah. was like, hey, I didn't even know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's been like six months since Worlds. You understand how little Dots meant to her? Yeah. <laughs> like she, she was broke ground with being the first at 600 and all the rest of it. And she literally was like, yeah, I didn't even know. So if you have a if you have a series based off a of Dots formula, the rest of the world who are powerlifters, who are super invested in your own sport, don't even give a shit. They don't even know what Dots means. They don't even know what's good, what's bad. They don't even know what their dots are. So yeah. that when they're, wa- they're not going to watch your series that's only based off of dots. I mean, like, it then, is it, like an artificial number created in some sort of way to compare people, right? Like, but if you don't give a clear scale or present it in a way that's understandable for people across the world, then you're just kind of limiting yourself to pretty much just the United States of the world watching, right? <laughs> in fraction of that too. You know, like whatever fraction you have. And then on top of that, now you're going to move away from dots, which at least like untested would compare, I guess. And now yeah, you're going to make your own. Now you're going to make your own. Now it's like, well, now you're really, what are you guys doing? It's a bad idea. Hey, Come they're on. called PP points, though. How can you hate <laughs> on the PP points? <laughs> As Someone's a grown ass man, man, I can't do PP points. This is, this is I'm gonna get flagged by whatever. It sounds terrible. <laughs> um, being a pilot, I give that guy seven PP points. Oh, our, can you imagine? Can you imagine me? I got him pegged as a 600 PP points, and I'm I'm. Hey, that might junior. actually grow the sport though if you like take it out of context. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. But yeah, um, I think I don't know what's gonna happen. I think. Just due to the fact that, I th- well, first off, I think the overwhelming importance will be placed on titles now, like you said. Yeah. You won nationals, like USAPL nationals is going to diminish the more people are leaving and et cetera. And it is going to be like, just like most sports, when you're peeking around at most sports, it would be how many world titles have you won? And national titles international like if you're from europe european and then if if like you tell me of a massive competition within your sport that brings all the world champions over like we have sheffield how many of those you won because some of a lot of 
sports have like grand slams or something. Yeah, big I was about to say, I feel like tennis is super comparable because they have, right. you know, different uh, tournaments and stuff. And I mean, like it's, it's already kind of happening with what's going on in the USAPL with the Arnold's now this year, like the level of competition has just like slowly gone down because like all the big people who did nationals last year have already transferred over to powerlifting America and IPF. So whoever's going to win, you know, Arnold's or 2024 USAPL nationals, the threshold to get to first place is probably going to be less from the total of the previous year, just because the people who set all those really amazing records have gone to the IPF now. I'm not diminishing anyone who's choosing to stay in the USAPL or anything like that, but the competition is going to be different this time around just because of where people want to go and the opportunities that's, you know, has arrived. For sure. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say the USAPL World Cup won't match the World Games. <laughs> hey, don't shit on Albany, New York. <laughs> we don't it's know. It's a this. beautiful place. <laughs> that's an early prediction. I don't know the rosters to either. But if you place them at the same time, I'm choosing World Games over the World Cup. But I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. But that's the reply to the World Games. We should like, God damn, that's not yeah. a that's not a that's that's an easy decision. Well, you know, for yourself, you have a massive money meet coming, and there are money meets coming on the IPF side now. Like we know this. We yeah. me and you commentated one, but yeah. like that, that's just the beginning. There's going to be more and more and more, and um, and not just SPDs putting them on, but SPDs massive in terms of changing the face of powerlifting. Um, and with the money meets Sheffield being by far the biggest, most professionally run, both how it looks, how it's run, the level of judging with IPF international officials, the roster, and then the bag of money being offered to all these lifters gets no better in Sheffield. And there's going to be others along the way. Um, for yourself, how much is money an incentive? Or is it is it a part of it, but it's not all of it? Is it a huge part of it? Um, obviously, you're having all these experiences with the world championships, possible world games, uh, and God, that would be amazing. If I could yeah. live in your guys' <laughs> shoes, whoever gets there would be, it's going to be nuts. Yeah, well, how do you weigh this out as an athlete who's legitimately eligible for all this? Well, like, obviously, you know, when I started powerlifting, I just did it because I loved it. And, you know, I didn't go to my local meet to get, you know, a million dollars. I just honestly love the sport and have grown with it. And now it's just amazing to see that's actually at this point where you can win, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 in a meet. Obviously, it's like insane if you get to that level. And then you also could do a couple local meets a year, pick up some extra cash there. And then I think the total money will just continue to increase every, every year. And so as SPD grows and other sponsors chip in more as the sport grows, I think we've already talked about how big it's gotten um, this last year. So as myself, when I'm looking as a, like an athlete, still I'm prioritizing, you know, what I want to do and the opportunities that arise. So I'd love to go win some money. It's definitely a part of it. I want to go set records and come home with some cash uh, and get more pizza for, you know, Friday nights, <laughs> but oh, yeah, <laughs> But, you know, at the end of the day, I love what I do. So I'm going to love whatever meet I sign up for. But I do feel like money somewhat legitimizes the sport a little bit more because you are a professional athlete. You can win $40,000. Like that sounds a little bit nicer than saying I'm a professional athlete and I won $20 to Applebee's. Like there's, you know, a little bit more professionalism when it comes with that like price tag on it. But 
at the end of the day, it's totally up to the athlete, whether they want to prioritize money. That's awesome. Go for it. If not have fun lifting with your friends. I think it's just whatever people want to do. It's also an interesting conversation where some people are saying, and, and this is like the split with USCPL and IPF, even if we're, looks like we're kind of course correcting, we're like PA is starting to turn into what USCPL was with everyone coming over. Mm -hmm. But it actually let us gauge the temperature of the room a bit. For instance, like the pro series. It wasn't quite the incentive that people thought it might be. The allure of titles, like the world championship, people kind of thought, yeah, but that's just like, Natalie, you can dream that dream, but how many other girls are 57s are, that's not on the table for them anyway. So why would they care? But we, it kind of looks as though like, when, even if you could just dream the dream and you're never going to get there, the possibility of, or just being involved with being at the same competition in the same federation as Natalie, as the girl you look up to when you go to the worlds or when you watch worlds be like, that is my federation. Though. That is my weight class. Those are the points. Those are, I've saw her at nationals. I'm going to compete on the same platform as her at nationals. I'm going to, all of these things. It's interesting to see that there was intangibles. We didn't know until the split happened and how would it all weigh out? You, you don't know like how people think. What, what do you think about it all? actually like a really really great point too because if you think about it you have sheffield with the biggest prize pool of all time and then what they've done by raising that you know that ceiling is that they've deepened the rest of the meets on the ipf and powerlifting america side of things because now you have local meets that pay out five thousand dollars four thousand dollars whatever that's more than like most i think the pro series meet i can't remember what the prices were for usapl but at a local meet, if you are going against some great competition, you can win $5,000 or whatever they're throwing on the schedule this year. They're going to have way more, you know, like prizes for these meets that might not be like Worlds or Sheffield payouts, but they're really, really good. And what it's also doing is just increasing the opportunity and more powerlifters want to get into it and making it run deep. I'm sure there'll be payouts for NAPFs and, you know, other meets along the line with sponsorships. So I think it's really, really cool how really SBD has elevated the sport. Well, if, for sure. And in other parts of the world, um, like obviously, you know, I've said it at nausea, but everyone who's going to hear is like, oh God, he's going to talk about France again. But if you've seen the video, <laughs> <laughs> but if you've seen the videos, it's nuts, right? If you it saw like the, did you see the Pena video when he posted the last silent worker? I have seen like, a, like 20 videos from when he's posted about, I saw his bench press grind. I saw his deadlift. I saw like all the ones that he's posted and I saw okay. Tiff's too. Hers were really cute and hype. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Tiff's awesome. So, so when you saw the crowd in the crowd that they have and how nuts, like the, it's looks like a freaking concert. There's so many people there on their feet yelling, you know, and those are money meets, by the way, those are, there's checks being given out and Penn won't take the check. Even if he wins like these, these are money meets being put on by silent worker and Penna and Leah and them are silent worker, but they're also SBD France. So it's still SBD, but it's still like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's all, <laughs> it's all connected. SBD. Yeah. It's all connected. Uh, but there's money meets popping up everywhere and competition popping up everywhere that like people can like be a part of. So yeah, if you don't go to worlds, 
silent workers like flying me in to commentate and they're flying people in like gerunds and people from worlds to show up uh list this from ireland and like they have like world-class people that are going to show up and compete anyway so more and more competitions besides worlds are going to start popping up but i know like for for instance as a boxing and mma fan the branding of for instance the usc and for fighters on the way up when they enter when they have a possibility to go in the usc or a different brand even if the other brand is going to pay more, the other promotion, but it's not the UFC. And the dream was always to be in the UFC. Even if they're never going to be the UFC champion, you're never going to be John Jones, Conor McGregor, or whatever the hell. But your dream was to be in the UFC. They sign with the UFC like, oh my God, I'm a UFC. I'm, I'm like, you know, this is the brand I'm with. This is whatever. How much of that do you think plays a part with the IPF when they have IPF Worlds and Sheffield and World Games and all of what we see that is popping off is IPF. How much of that do you think is going to start? Because it's still early days impacting people who will never get the worlds, but just being a part of that branding. I think it's like a really interesting point. And I think it comes down to the legitimacy of the Federation. And when you have those things like worlds, world games, um, you know, reliant sponsors, money, high level athletes. I think that all makes it more enticing to any level lifter, because that means that if we have really, really quality meets, hopefully you have really, really quality federation. So you can build eventually up to have great local meets, more opportunity for mid-level lifters and actually make the sport just really fun and enjoyable as a spectator or as a lifter. Cause that's what I really want to see at the end of the day is that any level lifter can go into a meet and just have a really great time and a good experience and have a well-run meet, have a hype crowd, because that's what every lifter kind of deserves. And I see that happening more so, you know, obviously on the IPF side, I'm going to come off as a hater for all these other federations, but the IPF is doing a really, really great job around the world just doing that, where I think um, some other meets this year just didn't have the same effect, whether they were having 7 a.m. or 11 p.m. sessions. It's just, you know, it just depends on you as a lifter, what you want to do, but it's exciting. Yeah, I think like for the lifter who's just a couple meets in and a lot of people are a couple and go, couple and go. Yeah. You don't even know the difference of federations. You're kind no, of No, that's totally was, fine too. Yeah. You can just come in, yeah. have fun, live with your friends. That's totally fine. Yeah. And you probably wouldn't even know there's different fans. You'd be like, I don't you even don't know care. what I was lifting. Exactly. No, it doesn't and, matter. <laughs> you just want to get strong. And, and it's totally fine. Come in and join. Dip your toes yeah. in the water. Have fun. And then I think for people who stick around a little bit, that's when you might start investigating and be like, oh, okay, there's this fed, there's this, these are the weight classes, this is who is who and whatever. And then they might start being like, if I think once you start doing something like targeting your local nationals, that's yeah. when you're going to start, things will change for you. I think when you start, you know, if you just want to have fun and go to a local meet and lift and get stronger, you can do any federation that you would like. And then if you get bored and want to maybe elevate the challenge, then you can kind of look at, see, where is your federation lead? You know, there's some that have uh, some sort of series and a nationals, and there's some that have uh, different world meets you can go to. And then there's some that have random competitions all over the place. So it kind of depends on what route you want to go. And that's, I think, when the federation, the branding really comes into play. Also, um, saw an interesting post by Pete, and he was saying, Having a prime time for nationals also gives another layer of accomplishment for people to shoot for. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, I saw that. that and I really like that frame. Yeah. It, it, because it is, there are some nations that are extremely difficult to get through and then to get on a national team to go to Worlds or or North Americans or if you're Canadian, Commonwealth, or if you're American or Canadian, Pan Ams or whatever. Very difficult because it's super duper stacked. However, Pete was framing it, you still have layers. You you qualify for Nats. The qualification for Nats right now is low. Conceivably, as you know, five years from now, it's going to be different. And then you get to Nats, and then you try to get to that prime time. You're like, I mean, prime time. U.S. Nationals yeah. prime time. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. And so I I kind of liked that framing as well. There, there's layers because people need goals to shoot for. Exactly, yeah. And, like, literally every step of the way is a goal, is like, goals to hit. You don't have to shoot for the moon immediately. Like, I remember 2022 Nationals. That's my first Nationals. I got into prime time, and I bombed out afterwards. But it was, like, a really I cool goal. Did you bomb? I didn't, uh, I didn't know. No, no, definitely not. But uh, it's, a, it's a crazy goal to hit that because you've looked up, you know, you've shot for this goal, and then you hit it. It's super something that you should be proud of. And then go for your next goal try to get the world spot next year or try to go to NAPFs, do whatever the next goal you want to do is. Mm, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what pops up. I know also with what's coming down ahead, other doors are going to open up. I can't yeah. speak too freely, but uh, there are going to be big stuff, big announcements in 2024 on the IPF side that are going to be game changers, game changers all over again. Yeah. Promise. And when those game changes come and those announcements come, then you will see new doors are going to open very quickly afterwards. And this is going to be, things are going to get nuts. The thing that I'm kind of like, like excited slash scared about is, I know I'm speaking kind of decoded because I'm not allowed to say everything I know, but. Um, Just blink twice if you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do a Britney Spears thing right now. No, Pete. The, Pete's just like on the other side of the camera right now, just like, don't you say anything, Ryan? <laughs> it's not for Pete. This isn't okay, for okay. Pete. Um, yeah, this is like other stuff. There's, okay. there's, there's, yeah. But um, the doors that can open up when certain things get put into place on the IPF side, my God, it's going to things like like powerlifting is going to start. The difference between 2022 and 2023 seemed significant on the IPF side, right? It is going to be equal steps again, not just with like with SPD 100%, but not just on other, other, other things are being put in place. Other deals are being made. And this is like extremely exciting. And then of course, world games in 2025, but I'm telling you they're, they're like, Things are wheels are in motion constantly, never resting. And to see their big is uh it could be more game changing stuff. So I, I and I know once those happen, it just I seen the triggering effect of how things go. It's um and for you to be in here in your prime right now is you came at the right time. God bless. Uh you know, you came at I the mean. right time. <laughs> but it is the 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 scary part is, of course. Um, what, so what I've seen, let me put this out here, Kimberly Walford, we're, I'm about to do a, a goat episode with Matt Gary, Rory Lynch and Eric Helms. 
Eric Helm's oh, got a podcast. It's gonna be Katie. such a good episode. Oh, it's gonna be great it's gonna crew. Be so that's like that is the powerlifting nerd crew that could debate who are the goats, and um, yeah, and Eric Helm's literally does like like research on history of strength sports going back like thousands of years or whatever. I don't know who the hell he's gonna pull up. It's like some yeah, guy Hercules. Reef. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, all right, all right. He, that's untested though, and that's the category of untested because yeah, I want Hercules. Um, True. he was an old man, but, um, I, I would not say that to his face. Um, but looking at, for instance, the Kimberly Wolf, she's won so many world titles and you would be like, gotta be the goat. Like she's won so many more world titles than everyone else in the classic. But then when you look at like the history of powerlifting, she was powerlifting winning titles initially with like around five ten to five fifteen in the 72s. And then 520 something. And, and, you know, it got better as the years went by. It's so hard to gauge is, though. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, what I'm trying to say is like, um, and she did phenomenal. We, there's no Kimberly Walt. There's no Natalie without Kimberly. There's no, yeah. like, exactly. this is, you, she's a pioneer. We needed Kimberly. But what I'm saying is the talent pool at the time was so much smaller that we had maybe one or two outliers. Mm-hmm. If we had outliers, sometimes we thought we had outliers and we didn't. But that we had our telepool so small, you don't know if you have an outlier or not because your sample size is so small. The sample size now has grown so much. And we have people from, we have nations all over the world now have turned into powerlifting nations. And now our sample size is so much greater. We're starting to see what real, some real athletic outliers might look like. And that's what it is now. And when I say the scary part is, in five years, when the things happen that I know is going to happen, and I'm like, holy smokes, where might we be in five years with outliers? And like, it's very tough. Yeah. It's very, you know, that's why, like, God bless when guys like Taylor Atwood st- still hung in there as long as he did and is still here. Yeah. Like, you know, this year, 2023, I should say, that was the first time the 500 kilo total was broken for the 57 class. I wonder how many people are going to break it, you know, in the next like three years. And then we're going to say, okay, well, 550 must be the new, you know, outlier area. So it's just going to continue to grow, which I think is really, really good for the sport because like, let's go back to tennis or boxing. If you watch, you know, an average match, would it be exciting and thrilling? Or if you watched a super crazy, you know, Conor McGregor, whatever his name is, like that type of match, like what's more entertaining for the, for the viewer? Yeah, you, you want, and it's, it's a a sign of the times that like so many other nations getting involved makes viewerships go way up because instead of just relying on one market in the US um you have a global market so there's so many more viewers i i was looking at india i posted this briefly in the king of the stories one of the days during the week so i don't know if you've seen it but i was like take a look at this guy's social media traction and it was some of these Lifters in India have over a hundred thousand likes and like over a thousand comments. And yeah. some of them have like a million views. And I posted in the King of the Story line, I'm like, what is going on in India? Because I'm thumb honest, a little aloof to it. It's a bit of a yeah. blind spot for me. I see certain people at worlds, but we don't fully know. And people from India were like replying to the King of Lift story in my DMs and were like, and I was reading some of them and going back and forth with some of these people. And they were like, my friend, it's, we just don't have those, those tip of the spear people yet. 
but the sport is huge over here. I feel, and they yeah, have I feel the population. like it is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, India and China really have just grown like a crazy amount recently and everywhere else in the world, honestly. It's just been insane. But India's got a like a billion point three people and they're actually they're going all in on this powerlifting, it seems. Like the Asian, they've, they had, man, I don't want to like misper, misspeak, but I remember people telling me about like crazy competitions that ran like all weekend, all week. Like, I mean, it ran like 24 7. Like, it was like, because they had That's to cool. keep turning over, just insane amount of people showing up because the population is insane. Yeah. They just need, like when they start peeking through into the worlds and they're starting to a little bit now, but in when those people are like powerlifting people and when more of them get represented at the world championships in battle for even medals, even podiums, wait till you see what happens to viewership. And then of course, what happens when you get a lot of viewers on a stream or, or broadcast sponsors. And then what happens when sponsors start investing, like SPD is investing more and more and it becomes like SPD gets everything. Everybody gets bigger. And then right. the events get bigger and blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of things are, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Say, what, if, that, what if there's a million dollar payout one year for Sheffield? Imagine that. That would be crazy. I'll yeah, tell you what. On that. <laughs> i tell you what. Yesterday's price ain't today's price. <laughs> I want to quit my day job and be like, this is all I do all day is yeah. commentate powerlifting. Can you believe that? That'd be freaking crazy. However, yeah. Um, what might people be doing by the time all that happens? It'll be freaking nuts. It will be. But you're young. You can adapt. Okay. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> well, you have like, you don't have to say your goals for Sheffield, but do you have some, do you have like numbers in mind or what do you, how do you approach these kind of things? Yeah, I think like, you know, I have some numbers in mind that I definitely do want to hit. Just like I did for Worlds, but at the end of the day, I just have to go nine for nine and hit my lifts, and I know I'll be just fine. So I really just want to have fun and just do something that makes me really, really happy, whether it's a new squat PR or a new world record total. I just want to have a really, really great day. In since winning the world championship, how have things been different? Like you like in terms of DMs, you have people reaching out to you, and it's kind of it's gotta be a whole lot different now and it's happened relatively quickly and people might be like, Oh, I bet Natalie Richards at the last competition or Nat, I just want to say, and kind of those kind of messages. And how does that impact everything? Okay. This is a funny story, but on social media, there's some lifting club in Seattle, Washington that are just ran by like 15 year old boys and every reel they post, they tag me in it and every story they post, they tag me in it. I don't know who you are, but please, please stop tagging me in don't all your stop. stories. Uh, like high school boys who have a crush on you? I don't know. It's the entire That's adorable. club, though. You're in the club. Oh <laughs> Every gosh. post, they tag me and they tag, um, like, one of the strong men lifters. I forget his name. Like, Eddie Hall or someone. <laughs> I'm like, why is it we, these two? Why? The most random you're like their their pinup girl they have a crush on, I bet. Uh, it, but you're also like a, an athlete, a world champion, the whole night. That is adorable. Maybe it's I'll repost ridiculous. them. I should, I should stop being mean. I just delete the messages, to be honest. <laughs> oh, man, that's adorable. It's crazy how it works, though, like this. And, um, and do you have like other people like, like 
lifters that are on the come up who've who've reached out or whatnot and like give you some heartfelt messages yeah it is like really really sweet to see those messages because like I remember when I was doing the exact same thing and I probably still do it to to some people where I'm like wow like this is like really inspiring I appreciate like all that you share and with your journey and things like that so I definitely had like some really sweet messages and met a lot of people um, especially at meets and stuff now it's really really cool to meet other people who love the sport as much as I do and just kind of bond over it. Who who did you message? Oh, Russell or he? <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> uh, I relate I, to your story. I like I know that I definitely messaged like someone like really cringely when I first started in like 2018 or oh, something. No. Like that's, I don't, I'm not going, I'm not going to name drop cause they're going to go find it in their DMS cause we're probably friends now, <laughs> but, uh, I've definitely like, sent you're... those messages. <laughs> this is worse. If you're like, if you ever message someone famous, be like, fuck, I hope we never become friends, friends for some reason. And you actually see this. I was venting. I had a yeah, couple of drinks imagine. and I told you how much I love your work. <laughs> but, um, now, Yeah. Now I'm super interested. Would it be someone I know? Oh, definitely. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not gonna name you, drop anyone. I don't. I don't know. Do you know Leah Bavla? I don't know. Do you, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no. And like, oh gosh, yeah. When I first started powerlifting, I was the annoying teen lifter. Like, amazing. <laughs> I was my biggest enemy. But yeah, I don't know. What's my biggest? You're like, I got to double back and look at some messages I might have sent. Now yeah, that he's now a, that he's I'm a, a world block and delete. <laughs> Now that you're at Worlds and you're talking to people, yeah, shoot me a message. We'll we'll go. Uh, we'll we'll all link up for dinner or whatever. Then you leave me like, holy fuck, Jessica's gonna check her DMs and see five years back. Yeah, literally, <laughs> you, you realize that... you're like, oh shit, what did eighteen year old Nat send Jessica back? I <laughs> actually did. Okay, okay, I did tag Jessica Bittner in one post one time because I was yeah, like, did. I loved her. So yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. Oh. I met her at Texas. We're cool. We're friends. You're like, listen, I just want to talk to you about well, some messages I might have sent you a few years ago. You, <laughs> I might have been aggressive for your attention, but I just want to say it was. Yeah. I mean, she was a pioneer, like, and she still 100%. is when I was growing up. So I watched her lift a ton. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, whatever. That's what you do when you're young. Now we actually can, like, reach out to people. Like, back. Back in the day when I was like in high school, I couldn't reach out to someone I looked up to like in a sport or whatever. This is an era where you could reach out to your like, like they might not read it, but you can reach out to the people you look up to, reach out to your idols and be like, you know, when you're 15 and you're all like caught up in your feelings and they just did something phenomenal, you're going to send them a message and be like, go get them. You know, I just want to let you know. Yeah, it's so sweet. And like, I always appreciate anyone who ever like sends me those messages. I try to respond back, you know, if I see them and I can, because it's always just super, super like heartwarming when I get those. So I always appreciate them. I I, I just want to know what that 15 year old club is going to do when they hear this podcast. Stop. Stop. (laughs) This is getting kind of like a real, and they're going to send me a collab invite. (laughs) This cut into a real. I'm just, I'll send you, I'll just send you what they tagged me in this week later. It's amazing. I love that it happened to you of all people too. Like, guys, oh my God, I don't know how to approach this. I don't know what's going on. I literally um, don't know what's going on. And that's now. Who knows in the future? This is only going to get bigger and bigger. You've seen the Sheffield effect for all those other people. Um, it's only going to get bigger. And you're going to be in 
in this for for quite some time. And I like that you do and commentate. How do you how do you enjoying that? Is that something you ever thought previously that you would get into? Was it something in the back of your mind? If the avenue ever opens up, I'm going to take it or. Oh, man, you know, I got to deal with this co-host. He's like, he's like, well, it's tough. <laughs> It's getting no Co commentating's awesome. I'm super excited to have the opportunity because like I literally have like a speech impediment where I blur all my words together. So I'm, I'm proud someone gave me a mic to talk to. Um, it's really, really fun. And it's fun to just learn more about, you know, the sport. Cause I took my ref test this year, so I can be a referee now. And now nice. I've commentated so I can, you know, speak wisely on what's happening and talk to lifters. So it's really, really fun. I'm enjoying it uh, a lot. And you coach, you're doing it on all fronts. Powerlifting is like, is a career path. Like it's not just, you know, a hobby. It can really be a career. It is now. Yeah. Like literally just like five years ago, the amount of people who could say that it was so, it was so small. small. Yeah. But yeah. Like I don't it's... even know, like, I mean, Joey Flex, I'm sure was doing it, you know, from the beginning full time, but there was like very few full-time coaches. And now I feel like there's been a huge growth in it. Big time. And, um, and I love that you're, you got your ref because now not only like giving back's huge, you're doing a job nobody wants to do. It is so thankless the only time people say anything about you is if you get something wrong or what they perceive to be wrong w God. which also That's on true, top though. of that 100 and also on top of that almost everybody perceives a depth call and squat to be wrong that's just a fact if it's close it's controversial and, and, and let me let me let me say something else god help you if you're refing gavin aden's third squat because oh. that or so you're like, Gavin, I just want to tell you, I'm going to call this one even. All right. Don't come, don't come looking for me. Don't come chest to chest with me like you did Taylor Atwood at Sheffield because I ain't having it. But, but, but it is like high stakes now with money job. involved. It's a tough job. It's a tough job. Like, like literally thousands and thousands of dollars involved now. Like this isn't even like it's it's one thing when you're refing at an amateur level and, and like you're doing like like local hockey game or whatever. And even then. You do People still get mad. Fight. You could get a <laughs> yeah. freaking fist fight with a dad. Easy. Easy yeah. peasy lemon squeezy. However, in powerlifting, we kind of averted it here and there. There are some people who talk online, but not too crazy. But now that it's going to be more and more on like television and like major streams and money involved. And you know, like that squat right there. Like Gavin Aiden, I'm using Gavin as he's the perfect yeah. example because he literally almost he broke the squat record at Sheffield with a bag in hand. Mm -hmm. And possibly, you know, what would that have done for his total? And then, you know, they gave it to him and the jury mm -hmm. overturned it. But when you're in that chair and that squat is one second long, it's tough. It's yeah. tough. It is tough. Yeah. The national and international referees like have a really, really hard job because people are going to be upset either way, whether it's the lifter who got their lift overturned or the competition who said, Oh, that's high. Why'd they give it to them? Like it's a right. lose lose situation <laughs> to be honest, but it's so very necessary. And I think as long as, you know, the referees kind of go by the rule book as best they can, hopefully most people will understand. You just got it. Like the biggest thing is like, just be consistent. Yeah. And then you ride that through and you're like, this is, this is the strike zone that's been established here. Everybody knows it that's right true. across. If it's, Hey, if I'm tough, you want to say I'm tough on squats? Sure. But I was tough the entire session. So, so was your opposition got the exact same treatment right. for me. 
So I think, if you that's think the I'm best, on, the best thing. If anything else, if anything else, you do that, it helps it. People are still going to wish they had certain squats, but even at the national level, it's like you cost me going to worlds. You know, that's how they view it. No, you cost yourself, but yeah, that's how they, it's getting more and more, but 100%, it's a thankless job. And it's huge that like when people like you do it, I think it, I like it first off because it shows other people as, you know, sorry, but as a role model, I don't know if you're comfortable being referred to like that, but it is what it is. But as people look, do look up to, you, you know, talking about people in your DMS and how you felt about the people ahead of you. And people are going to feel that way about you and coming up. And when they hear like you're a ref and this is what you do in powerlifting, you give back, you start doing volunteer work and start doing these things. You have to, because it wouldn't work if you didn't, other people will follow suit. So that's good on that front. Just your influence of setting the tone. Like I could tell you again, I'll throw it to France. All of them do though. It's like an expectation. Like it's, it's like weird as hell. Like Penno came on the podcast and he's like, sorry, dude, I'm super tired. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, yeah, we had to do this one late for you. What was, he's like, I just was like refing for like six hours. Yeah. This pen is like a rock yeah. star in France. He's like a rock he star. Is. He'll, be in, he'll be in the chair refing and just doing like, or meet coordinator with all of them. Leah, Turbo Tiff, all of them do it. Um, So I love it when like, like you, like people like yourself, world champions do it. It sets a tone. Guys do this, please. Same with spotters. If you don't want to do the ref test, spot load. We need you. On top of that, I think, A, as a world champion, you guys are going to take it a whole nother level of serious because you're competitors as well. And B, people are going to give your calls a little more respect. When you look over there, a lot of people don't know who's who for refs. I recognize refs at the world level because I'm there at the world's every single world. But a lot of people don't. But if they do at a local level, national level, state level, whatever. And they look out there and they're like, ah, fucking took away my squad. Who was, and they look and they're like, well, that's Natalie Richards though, huh? <laughs> she knows you're going to argue with Natalie or are you going to show a little respect? They're like, I'll probably show a little discretion. And yeah, that's fair. Cause Just I had think it a little like, deeper, think it a little deeper Jen, kid. Like Jen Thompson is the local ref for literally all of my mates growing up. So like I knew who Jen Thompson was when I first started powerlifting. Cause she was, you know, the national world champion. So yeah, she's very, very strict, but that's okay. <laughs> she's a world champion. Yeah, it's more, um, I don't know. They know, like some people, they know you know your powerlifting. They know you know depth because you get treated to IPF world championship depth. We all know how tough that is. So anyone is going to come in with a bleeding heart to you, it's like, hey, I know depth. You know, I know my depth. I've been hitting it all the way up to the world championship. I'm I'm shooting you straight. And, and it's, it's just different. And hopefully... Yeah, but it's got to be tough, too, I know. Because I've talked to, like, um, some of the French lifters about it, like Leah and them. It's, it has got to be, you know, they walk out there. And uh, some of them walk out there on the platform. And some kid, like, it's under the, unracks it, looks up to give, like, the head nod, like, I'm good. And, like, holy fuck, that's Leah Bow. Oh. <laughs> just realized. That's actually insane. Girls, <laughs> some 15-year-old girl who wants to be Leah Babble or some 15-year-old boy who's got a crush on her is like, holy shit, that's Leah Babble. But That is insane, yeah. It is what it is. It's what it it's got to be. How do you feel about the... Um, do you feel there is a U.S.-French rivalry? Do you feel that? 
I don't know. I like I like everyone on Team France, honestly, <laughs> as a personal uh, person. I like everyone on Team France, but I think it's nice that there's team points going head to head at Worlds. I think that kind of elevates it to be a little bit more competitive. So from that perspective, yeah. But on like a friend like level basis, no, I think everyone's like pretty friendly for the most part. Yeah, for sure that. For sure that because um, but I mean, like on a sporting basis, like there's a historical, you know, going back and forth with winning world teams and in a historical going back even division by division. It seems yeah, like if when true. you hear about a when you yeah, when you hear like a hotly contested between ladies and it's like like Natalie's got like a, a hotly contested rival. She from France. Like, yeah, she how did you guess? Right, like it's, it's it's kind of like a a stored history, which isn't a bad thing. Like when we you talk to people and who follow other sports, like the big sports, mm -hmm. um, hockey, baseball, basketball. There's heated rivals between teams, and again, yeah. friendly that keeps things interesting, though. Yeah, for sure, and it means more. For instance, if you lost a Jad, could that swing the balance of three points? It goes from 12 to nine. You get gold, you get your national team 12 points. You get silver, you get your national team nine. That three-point swing in your division alone changes everything for both nations. Mm -hmm. It means something. It's almost like, like, like I know people from France are watching certain division showdowns and whatnot being like, well, we need this. And if... Yeah. And that's you really, know? really cool. You bring a great point. Yeah, that is like really, really cool to have that. Yeah. Like you're, you know this, like when you showed up and you did what you did and and you took first and Jad took second, that was big for Team USA. I didn't go back and crunch the numbers, but like you guys need them. And yeah. it, it kind of means something. And um, when you get that close, like does it mean something for you for Team USA to win overall at Worlds as a team? Yeah, I think, you know, like... uh it's, it's very honorable, I guess would be the best word, word to use because you represent, you know, USA, you want to represent your country well, and you want to help your team out too, because they're pushing as hard as they can to hit the podium and you want to support them and do yourself your own justice. So yeah, it does bring like a really strong sense. I feel like of community when you do get to add the team points and come out a little bit on top. And when you tell your like future kids and they're like going through your boxes and the attic and you're like oh come on guys leave that box away but you put that box down you open for them to find it and they find your the gold medal painting <laughs> but, but, but yes but you yes continue well. but you knew damn well that box was right in plain sight huh and oh come on guys you found that box i thought i put that away earlier and they find your gold medals and all your you know whatever else you got i was gonna say newspaper clippings but i'm aging myself but anyways <laughs> my uh, my uh, apple mac laptop yeah <laughs> that's right they go through like what's this like an apple mac laptop open it up and well, you got some king of this podcast pulled up and everything's just right there yeah. for them to digest and um it means something to be able to say and we we won that year like team usa we won that year i contributed some points to us winning I remember, look, I'm Canadian. I remember one year we came in second and I couldn't stop telling people we came in second that year. <laughs> that wasn't winning. Hey, second's still good, though. Yeah, that's second's awesome. Good. Yeah, Second's good. But that is like so Canadian to be like, second that year. We still, I still, I'm still on cloud nine about that. I still bring it up if I can. But, uh, but yeah, it it is, it is good to have some rivals and, um, and like a, like a, you know, obviously a fun rivalry, but yeah. it is good to be pushing each other. 
it is, and that yeah. your rival just happens to be in France. Um, yeah. Would you ever do a silent worker money meet? That would be so fun. I would absolutely do that. But, oh, you know, how the, it has to work out with the schedule, though, the magic schedule of the year. But I would totally do that. I almost wanted to do girl power. I thought about it for a second, too. But then that didn't line up well with timelines. That's also another French Fed yeah. meet, money meet. That's good. It's yeah. um. It looks yeah. fun this year. So, yeah. They're, I was thinking about it. <laughs> I'm telling like 100% agree in terms of the schedule. I mean, you, everyone recovers differently. Like Penna freaking competes. Penna and Turbo Tiff. Like, once a month. <laughs> once a month he's competing, I swear. <laughs> once a month. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? I got a competition coming up. Or over there, they just like, I wasn't planning on competing, but they show up the day of and like, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm hitting there. I'm going in. I'm going to compete anyway. No, I'm, a, I'm American. I need like my sleep and I need like my four months recovery. Like, <laughs> oh. I don't have it. <laughs> I'll see you guys in 20. You you walked out of Malta June. Like, see you guys in 2024, bitches. I, I'm, you're not going <laughs> to see me. I am not going to. This is, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm in. I was always the same way. But if by some chance, this works into your schedule at some point you got to experience that oh yeah it looks so fun it looks so well run the atmosphere looks amazing yeah it looks super cool and and penna was saying like if you look at sometimes penna goes in there and he is like less at his than his best because he like just won worlds his body's all types of banged up and literally three weeks later will compete and he says it's like but the crowd is insane and penna will be like take a look at this crowd i'm not going to show up I'm not going to hit the platform because even if I'm less than my best, you know, I got to, they want to see you perform. It's like you go, you know, if you have a, yeah. if they're like going to see the Chicago Bulls play and Jordan's sitting out, he's like, no, 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 no. He, like, he's not referring to himself as Jordan, but like, right. you know, it's, it's like that where it's like, no, you play hit there. He goes, it doesn't matter if I'm less than my best. So even if you can at some point experience it, because it looks crazy rowdy. How is USAP on that? Um, the one year because I, uh, I, I've never done USAP on that to my life. Oh, really? Never commentated, never been, never nothing. Hmm. Hmm. Um, it's, it really depends. The 2022 year was okay. It was good. Well, I didn't have a good experience, but everyone else I think had a good experience with it for the most part. Then 2023, it was really, really different because of the time changes they put the slots on. Like 8 a.m. was the first session. Then you have a 2 p.m. Then you have a 9 or 8 p.m. start day at night. So a lot mm. of the sessions were dead because the people would stay up super late watching the primetime session and miss all the morning and afternoon sessions. So all those lifters didn't have that many people in the crowd. So it really just depended on what the time was. And I think that's why the single platform money meets do so much better because there's literally one thing happening. All eyes are on the platform. Everyone's engrossed in it. And the timeline's so much shorter than like six hours. It's going to be like a two and a half hour meet. Like it's productive. So I think it's hard to compare the, the two. Mm. Yeah. Like will be probably the most best experience meet or even, yeah. Even like when you're there, like, oh my God, this is like a, freaking show i well if we're outside of ipf i think arnold's was really really cool because it was th that one platform i think that is what the key is to just make it a one platform meet because that makes it so much more exciting when i can just zone in on one person where i don't want to miss some guy squatting you know 700 pounds on one side but then i have someone else benching like 300 like 
well, that would never happen. But, you know, doing something else on another platform. It's too mm. diversified. I'd rather have the crowd be all screaming at one person. That makes it really exciting. And that's, you know what? That's actually the key denominator in what I've seen with what they're doing in France, doing those money mm-hmm. meets. Yeah. Um, it's keeping it all focused onto one. And they do a prime time. They're like, yeah. so they focus on, like during the day, you could, you keep it moving quick, a lot of lifters. And then the prime time, is and they hold off a little bit. They it's like I'll come in and commentate the prime time and give a big opening speech, like the prime time is about to begin. And they have like this videos that show all the world champions, like all the French people, the world champions are there, and like they make it feel like oh wow, the prime time. So if you make it, even if you're and that's just a local meet, money meet. So if you were a local lifter who's not going to go to the world championships because in your weight class it's freaking turbo differently a Bavlois, and you're like, well. My world's dream is Dash, but you have those experiences where I can make prime time sometime. And, you yeah, know, and that's it's, insane. It, it looks cool <laughs> as hell, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. So many lifters like have the opportunity to do these meets and just the more that people compete and just level up the local level meets, the more insane it's going to get. It'd be really, really cool. With your crossover, um, amongst the things that people were worried about was, was like the bench rule. Who have you? Has there any? Has there been anything? Not just the bench roll, but has there been anything that was difficult to adjust? Because you seem to have like your numbers are phenomenal. You operated like you had more in the tank, and it didn't look like there was any kind of adjustments that really hurting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lucky like enough, I didn't really have to make any huge adjustments for the bench press rule because I think that was that was definitely the biggest one that was just different from uh, USAPL was the bench depth. Now, I adjusted my grip slightly and compared what was getting white lights to what I was doing. And that was pretty much it. Um, didn't have to worry too much else about adjusting or anything. Cause it's pretty similar for the most part, just a little bit stricter, I think on the IPF side. And what would you change if you could, if you could make changes and this doesn't have to be rules. I was about to say, get rid of the bench rule. <laughs> would you really? Yeah. There's no point to have it. Just makes, makes things so much more confusing. What I would do is um, a rule that I would get rid of. See, I'm not a huge fan of like massive arches and the whole nine and the bench press. Um, but so I wasn't a major opposition of the bench rule. Like a lot of people were, well, I, right. we say a lot of people are opposition, but look at the IPF now. So maybe it say, isn't. Yeah. As I think but, it's an annoying rule. It, like well, it's not it's really a, stopping anyone, you know? Well, you mean like they're arching, but there is the range of motion. I like a range of motion. That's I don't true. care about the arch. Um, so there is a different people are going to complain no matter what. Some people are like, look at people are still complaining online about the arch. There's going to be people complaining no matter what. But um, but anyways, one rule I would take out is the down up on a deadlift. Oh, I completely agree. I think that's been so dumb for so long. Yeah. As long as you are on your way up and you're going to keep going up eventually, then it's okay. Because some people just get stuck and it's that slight just bobble because they're so fast at either locking out or they're stuck on their quads or something. It's just so pointless because they're going to get the lift. And for me, the rules for me are entertainment value wise. Like Mm -hmm. on the bench press, I like to see a range of motion up and down. I don't care if in the background there's a big arch or not. But if the range of motion's bigger, like I just want to see it. There could be more of a scrap, whatever the heck, um, whatever. But for the deadlift, that makes it so much more fun to watch somebody fighting and fighting up, down, up, down. It's like a, it's like a boxing match where someone gets knocked to the ground but comes back up again. 
It's like, oh, and he keeps going and he wins. It's like that actually makes it more enjoyable. If yeah. somebody's strapping it out that hard and it's it's up, down, and movement the whole night, and then they finally get it, that's a more enjoyable deadlift to even watch. That's a massive grinder. And if we had those massive grinders, I think it actually is a plus, not a minus. Do you want ramping then? Do you want ramping to be legal? Not ramping, talk- no. Okay, I was not, about to say, not ramping, grinds, no. <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah. You're not wrong. There, I do. Okay, so that's a good point. I want... I want to see fights, but not to the point where it's too untidy. Where it's like definitely cheating to an extent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Not a leg assisted. So there is a limit to, to what I would, but that is one. If I could change one, I think it's the down up rule. Again, if if you told me, if you told me the bench rule or the down up rule, I'm going down up rule. Take that out. Yeah. I probably agree with you. I think that's, that would benefit way more than probably the bench press because the bench press rule, it does affect people. It does affect like some people, but I think everyone has made adjustments to where they're still strong. Whereas deadlifts, you can be as strong as you can be, but if you get that one small up and down, it's over. You know what I mean? For me, I'm not too worried about if it affects people, a lot of people, because like in five years, every single new person will have walked in and that's all they ever know. So in terms of like, right? Like it's, it had to start at some point. All I care about is the end result. Now, if it's if someone's arguing it's difficult to ref and blah blah blah, that's different. That's yeah, different. It is. It is you very want, difficult to ref the bench press rule. Because you're yeah, you would know you're a ref, and you that's you literally can't see from the side. You have no idea that, for the most part. It's very difficult. Um, so that's a different discussion. But in terms of entertainment value, if they could get them, you know, if if there's a consistency with it in terms of how it's used, in terms of entertainment value, I'm all good with it. And but the uh, the down up. I'm wondering if now that we're getting on television and streams and all the rest of it, yeah, what people want to see, they want to see good fights. Let me see, like, a, you when I put a grinder on King of Lifts, those go, those go crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like again, you know, if your mom or dad is is watching the live stream, are they going to care about up down? They probably don't know that rule exists. Most people don't know the rules of powerlifting. They just know that you have to squat, you have to bench press, you have to deadlift. Like there's not the nuances yeah. for the gen pop people who are watching. 100%. Yeah. I, I completely agree. So what's some of your goals for 2024? What's 2024 going to look like for you? And you know what? Mm. This is why you could use a social media person if you don't want to show your top end stuff, have them cutting some kind of, you like, Callie Johansson was like all those guys started having people cutting clips of their of their world's experience, but putting in like, I don't know, they do phenomenal with it. They're putting in like quotes or different kind of jazzing it up. Quotes. <laughs> I could have you fun got, with that. I don't, I, don't know. Know. <laughs> I don't know. Contact. Con, you know what you gotta do? Contact that group of 15-year-olds who are probably they're oh, all God. over. Oh god, they'll be like they're oh. all over. They're like, they'll do it for free. They will they'll do, do it for free. free. <laughs> hmm. goals for 2024 without you know disclosing the numbers for sheffield would obviously be you know do well at sheffield hit the placing that i want to do then go to worlds lithuania i believe it's this year um and i'm sure i'll go head to head against jod um so that'll be a really big battle i'm excited for too so i probably will take some time as much time as i can between sheffield and worlds because it's kind of back to back this time um and then after 2024 see how I do at Worlds because I really want to get to World Games for 2025. That is that is my long-term goal right now is World Games. Uh, yeah. 
which is insane to get into. So, so we have these goals in between then, but that's my long-term and, goal. And the problem with powerlifting, you don't know, people come out of nowhere. Like yeah, you guys, had for sure, but you got, who the flip knows? Oh, I know. And like, as we were talking about this earlier, there's so many people getting into powerlifting right now. 500 is not, is not going to be something crazy in a couple of years. So being, getting to the top is awesome, but staying at the top is going to be so much harder just with the people who are coming up. Does it feel different? I've heard athletes talk about when you're on your way up and everything's in front of you, it's, it's. I know it's kind of funny because you can't visualize what the top is and you're hungry and you're chasing. But then when you're on the top and now you're at the top of the hill and you're defending the top of the hill, does it feel a little different or is that not sunk in yet? And you'll know when you get to worlds or you'll know when you get to like, where do you feel like you're at in your mind's eye? And has, has, has it felt, have you felt a shift in how you feel about it? Honestly, like, uh, I rec- I try to like, you know, do some introspection sometime at the end of, and at the end of these meets, but I feel the same way. Like, I feel like I'm really am just still chasing, which I love. I love to try to get to the top and do the best that I can at any perspective of my life. So I feel like I'm still chasing what is the, or who is the best 57 ever? Who is the best female powerlifter of all time? Like, I feel like there are so many more goals that I have set for myself that I don't feel like I'm defending or settling or maintaining. I feel like I have so much more to, to like try to grow to. You're like, you're, you're chasing history now, legacy. Now, now that you got the first one, you're like, if I want an impact and possibly the greatest, greatest 57 of all time, greatest pound for pound of all time, you got to make a run. And what's really exciting about those goals too, is that I know every other girl at Sheffield, all 11 other women are also chasing those same goals. Like I know that everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to be the best female in the world and the best of all time. I think that's what makes it really, really special for me to, to be with all these amazing like ladies chasing for the number one spot. Like no lie, the greatest of all time up to this point, and we've been around for a hot minute is amongst this field. That's going to be going to Sheffield. I guarantee you that. Like I was saying earlier, and I'm going to say this on the podcast with the fellas tomorrow when we record the goat podcast, but Kimberly Walford by titles, by titles has it. But she had, she, that's just, she was here for that in that time period and had that length of time. But in terms of the most talented and strongest lady pound for pound to ever do our sport, she's the lady walking amongst us now, competing now in their prime, winning world titles now. And all you ladies are doing incredible things. One of you ladies have to emerge. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the intro for Sheffield. (laughs) This has all been one show for Sheffield today. (laughs) And you're and you're like, and Ryan, that's why you do the intro for Sheffield. And there (laughs) it is. Cut it, clip it, and here we go. But it's um yeah, no lie. We probably will use exactly that. But (laughs) it's true. I'm I'm very it's like a fan of the sport. I am very much I, I guarantee you the pound for pound best is, is walking amongst us. And I don't know who's going to emerge because I could be like, Holy smokes. You see when that did a first world, but then you got like killers, like, like Leah or like Corolla or all of them, you know, and you like, yeah, it's exciting. And Alexis Jones is coming over. Yeah. And I know whoever wins this year, 11 other people are going to be very mad for next year and for Worlds, So it's just going to keep elevating the sport. And is your goal overall, do you think about, 
doing like a crazy title run at 57 and establishing yourself as the greatest 57 of all time. I think I've asked you this before. Do you foresee in the future down the road um, ever moving up to 63? For now, I'm good at 57. Like weight-wise, I try to, you know, diet and do all the good things in the off-season. So I don't really see anywhere in the near future where I'd move up or down. I'm honestly pretty content right now with what I've been kind of structuring. If there's ever a point where I feel like I physically can't make it to 57, then yeah, maybe I'll move up. But I mean, I'm, I'm good right now. There's probably not a plan for that. And if you win enough titles, Sheffield, break records and make a run, is your overall goal the greatest of all time, pound for pound, or the greatest 57 of all time? Well, can it be both? <laughs> can I get both? <laughs> and that's the answer right there. That's the big one. Frig, this is going to be exciting to see how this all unfolds. I mean, you got tons of opportunities. You start adding world game titles to your resume and break. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited too. <laughs> It'll be fun. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, kind lady, and giving me a couple hours out of your, your Friday evening. Much and much appreciated. Oh, and, thank um, you for having me. And for anyone who wants to get coaching from you, how's the best way they approach you? Um, I have my coaching intake form linked into my Instagram bio. So shoot me an email as well and we can get in touch. Bam. There it is. I'll, um, I'll see you in Sheffield. Good luck with training and uh, we'll keep in touch. Maybe we'll be commentating again at some point again. Probably. I hope so. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Everybody listening, please do subscribe. Give us high ratings as per usual. And until next time, six up and we are out.